You're listening to the Slavic Literature Pod, your shelf-help guide to all things Slavic. I'm Cameron Balana. And I'm Matt Karasinovich. And today we're covering Part 1, Chapter 12 of Vasily Grossman's Life and Fate. And wow, what a powerhouse of a chapter on multiple levels, uh, from the writing down to the characterization. Um... Today we pick up with Krimov the morning after the assault we were talking about in the last chapter, and Krimov has some emotions about that, has some feelings. And you, you picked two lines here today, but do you mind if we, we start with the first quote that you picked today? Because, wow, what, I mean, like I said, this is a powerhouse of, like, of just quotations from, from Grossman today. Yes, uh, we, can, we can start with the first one, and then I can transition into how it maybe fits with the rest of the chapter and some of the Discord discussion. For sure. I liked this one. And I think what it's doing, which is what a lot of life and fate does and a lot of kind of these realist novels do, is they filter the perception through the characters in the novel, which sounds really kind of stupid and simple to point out in a lot of ways. But there is this kind of narration going on here, uh, and and the quote goes, Time loves only those it has given birth to itself, its own children, its own heroes, its own laborers. Never can it come to love the children of a past age. And Krimov, of course, represents the child of a past age. He is somebody that no longer fits into this Soviet system. He is an old Bolshevik, uh, which is a, a type, a group, uh, an age of Bolshevik who is is just no longer, you know, kind of fitting in. A lot of them are going to be purged, uh, you know, killed, exiled pushed out of leadership positions and that is is what he's feeling and there's a lot of dissonance for him you know kind of <laughs> kind of looking at the, what he's seeing in the war and and of course no one really feels like they fit into war per se and then you have that dissonance of uh, dissonance of war matched with this sort of dissonance of i'm not sure that i feel that i fit into the sort of home life in general this is the first quote and it, it's a good one. I, I love these kind of passages from Grossman. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, as we are getting more into Vavilov, uh, as we're getting more into Krimov's character, of course, if you read Stalingrad, you'll be familiar with uh, that the fact that he used to be married to a woman named Zhenya, who's a member of the Shaposhnikov family, who we'll be getting around to a little bit more later. And, you know, he was, had someone who had dreams of, uh, as he thinks of in the last book, like having kids and, and bringing them to zoos. That's what he really wants. But that opportunity passed by. Zhenya leaves him. He throws himself into the war, but as you say, he's an old Bolshevik. So even though he has his uses, he's not really of this age, and he's he's separated from it. He's separated from almost everyone around him by that disconnect. And this is kind of a simplistic point to make. I, I'm not really sure that this is what Grossman was going for because it seems like a little reductive for for him. But you you can can you can draw these comparisons between Zhenya as a sort of maternal feminine figure, and then Russia as a whole as this sort of maternal feminine figure as well. And I, I do think, so I think that is like like slightly reductive, but I do think what Grossman is kind of pointing to is um, the sort of, I don't know, almost way that we view our relationship between each other and our relationship to our state or to our country or to a certain party or faction and how you can have, they can be like very similar, right? And so both in this way, where you see Zhenya and Krimov, they're, they're both sitting there thinking about each other, uh, but they can't quite go back to how things were. 
And that's a really kind of um, melodramatic way to describe the old Bolsheviks, I think. Um, that's why it sounds weird saying it. But I, I think there's something there in that sort of relational aspect. Right. Yeah, for sure. As Which I think maybe ties into the, the second quote you, you picked out, which I'll read here. There are many harsh truths that he had to admit to himself. Yes, he had been closing his eyes too long. And you suggest here Grossman is not just referring to Genia. In fact, he's mostly not referring to Genia in these two sentences. Yeah, just an absolute banger of a post today. I, I, a plus. I mean, they're all A pluses, but this a plus. slam, a slam dunk, monk slam dunks. Yes, this was this is just like such a clever, almost tongue in cheek, you know, way that Grossman is is sort of providing a critique or a a realized critique through someone else's eyes, which is that you know back to my previous point where he's using this kind of relationship analogy to expand further into what else Kremov has been missing all of these years in which he's able to open his eyes towards. And this is just, um, it's something that I love about this, this genre of writing and those who can do it really well. And Grossman being one of them, the way that I, I don't know, as someone who's tried to write things like this, it is it's just, it's so hard to emulate and to do how they can sort of, morph perspectives and make it seem as though you're reading this sort of grand scoped out perspective but really you're you're not um you're reading almost the truth through someone else's eyes and that is a um, really masterful thing to do yeah absolutely and carrying on from there i also wanted to bring up uh, the place of music in this chapter right we also have in the back half the barber before uh giving cream off a shave is playing a fiddle playing a violin for for the uh the troops the command uh, commanders who are still there and i i have to say i just loved the way that we have you know as Kremov is looking around he's thinking about how beautiful this music is beautiful more beautiful than mozart or bach and he and he sees everyone in this command center all apparently doing what they are meant to do but actually as you can tell secretly staring listening to the music in one way or another i also think that there's something just so it's just like oozing with tolstoy like he's like <laughs> kind of high-fiving tolstoy behind his back when he says, yeah. why should the simple tune played on a cheap fiddle seem to express the depths of the human soul more truly than Bach or Mozart? I, I don't know. There's just like some things that you read where it's just like knee jerk, like, yeah, you, you know, like he's not reading your writing, you know, you don't have to say that. <laughs> but, I, you know, it, they, they have a similar like aesthetic inclination, I guess, when it comes to art and music and truth and things like that. So uh, to me, that's why it makes sense, but it, it is, it, it does make me laugh as well. Yeah, for sure. I think at this point we should start, we should put a quarter in a jar every time we break up Tolstoy on one of the dailies. Yeah, Tol the Tolstoy counter is, is going pretty good. I have, I didn't notice too many so far, but the Genia's hot counters, that will be, that will, I'll be tracking. I made it, I've already made a note because there was one chapter where I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we we have to someone need to put a pantheon of the hottest characters of Russian literature, which of course by the at the top is is uh, Rodian Raskolnikov, as was repeatedly mentioned in Crime and Punishment, and then beyond there, you know, below there are the normals like Zhenya, the normal beautifuls, as we say in the business. I I need to go like read this because this one chapter that I'm thinking about, she's she's talking about how she's conscious of the fact that everyone thinks she's hot, and that makes me think, D, are you? Because ev everybody. Uh, in Stalingrad critiques your art and so I'm wondering like 
do you have a grasp on like this collective aesthetic? Do you really know what people are looking at, or do you just like you really think? <laughs> Anywho, I, that's all I wanted to cover today. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I'm I'm just uh, happy to be here. Me too. Me too. Just happy to be here. Too. Well, in that case, you'll hear more from us tomorrow. Hey, 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 hey. So sweet.